Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ. This time I'm BJ. This time you're BJ. Wow, you haven't been BJ in like three weeks. <laughs> I know. I decided to, 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 to mix it up a little bit for you. You didn't think you could have a good Jade impression? I didn't. Nobody wanted to hear that. <laughs> it didn't stop you from doing a Silvando impression. Though. It's true, but people wanted to hear that more than they wanted to hear me try to sound like Jade. <laughs> So this week we are talking all about Jade. She's this beautiful lady who could kick all of our butts. And then once she's done, she could kick all our butts again. <laughs> yes. Within the uh, like old uh, Dragon Quest vocation system that we've been talking about these past few weeks, Jade is definitely a martial artist. I mean, she uses spears and claws and then she uses her feet and fists to just murder monsters and everything. Uh, she even threatens a hero at least once with a roundhouse kick in one of my favorite scenes. If you say no to the person you yeah. talked about this, I think even on here, but it's been like five or six weeks. Uh, if you tell her no on the strand, she like almost kicks you right in the face. And there's like, I'm sorry. I think I didn't hear that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I don't think I did that. Like I need to go back and, uh, and play through that part. It's a pretty good one, like that one, and then the the one I talked about in the Veronica episode about uh, Veronica saying "you monster." <laughs> yeah, um, those are definitely uh, probably my two favorites in the entire game. I just like saying no to people in Dragon Quest games because there's always something fun. Yeah, there's always something. Usually, something fun. Sometimes they're just like, "What?" or "Say that again." But generally, there's some good funny scenes that play out. It always makes me sad, though, because sometimes I legit don't want to do what it's going to make me do right then. Uh-huh. And it's like, when I, I'm like, oh, I don't have to do it right now. And then Jade kicks me in the face and it's like, nah, you're going to do this, man. And it's like, oh, fine. <laughs> like so much for role playing Dragon Quest. <laughs> Jade, Jade is also uh, one of those classic Dragon Quest, like femme fatales. They mm. always have they have them. Have you noticed that? Yes, like Dragon always. Quest- they kind of like Rab was a dirty old man that <laughs> yep. kind of like that typical Toriyama dirty old man. Toriyama also really uh, draws up these like so-called femme fatales in Dragon Quest games. Mm-hmm. Jade is definitely one of those. You have uh, Elena in four and Jessica in eight are probably the other two most popular ones, I would say. Yep. And even Elena doesn't hit the same way to me that uh, that Jessica and Jade do. It really uh, like she doesn't feel as sexualized in uh, in the way that they do. Like uh, Elena seems more of a uh, like femme fatale in not the uh, traditional sense, but in the in the more archetypal sense. Yeah, I think I think Elena and Ashlyn are both that way. Yeah, and then I think I think maybe as. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's just video games in general. Like, could kind of get away with more. 
mm-hmm. later on in video games. So they started like making them more sexualized as they went through the mainline games, if that makes sense. Well, you have some in like Chrono Trigger where you have Marla and uh, Marl and oh, what is the cave lady's name? Uh, Ayla. Uh, Ayla. Yeah, you have Ayla in Chrono Trigger, which is uh, she's fairly sexualized like that uh, back in like 95. So it's uh, it is weird how some of this goes on. Yeah, that's true. Being Toriyama is what made me think about that with uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Because you don't have that so much in like Final Fantasy VI at the time. Like all of the female protagonists don't follow this particular role, like Terra and, uh, um, oh my goodness, I can't even think of their names, Ceres and others, that they don't uh, follow that same archetype. Yeah, that's true. You had to get maybe into like Nomura designing characters like you do with Seven, with Tifa. Yeah. <laughs> with Tifa, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we get too far in today's episode, though, uh, we need to give a shout out to our newest Patreon patron, Alenzia. Alenzia, you are fantastic. And not just because you subscribe and become a member of our wonderful community here, but also because you sent me an arcade machine in Animal Crossing. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, she's also the co-host of Nerdberg Review. We should mention that because... We both love that podcast. Yes. We talk about it from time to time. Uh, they do various episodes over Dragon Quest because one or both of them are playing Dragon Quest <laughs> games. Uh, maybe not all the time, but but a, a lot of the time. But a lot of the time, yeah. Uh, at least gets brought up. So if you haven't checked Nerdberg Review out, uh, recommend it to everybody because yep. it's a good one. Totes do that. So now let's talk about Jade. Spoilers! I didn't forget this time. There are going to be spoilers <laughs> in this episode. You have been warned. So let's talk about Jade in combat. Right. Uh, I I pretty much used her with spears pretty much all the time. Uh, although I did use the the kind of martial artist moves that's fisticuffs on the skill tree. Yeah. Uh, where you use her powerful kicks and and punches and things like that. Uh, I think I generally used multi-thrust and multi-feet so much in the game. Basically, those attacks that just went like pow, 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 a whole bunch for a lot yeah. of damage. Uh, used that a whole bunch. I also used Pink Tornado as the other one that really stuck in my mind as uh, being one that she used. I think Silvando has that move as well. I'm pretty sure I so. used it with him too. So I think I used it with Silvando and her. Uh, basically, just those kind of AoE attacks, you know? And I've used mostly the uh, the crit attacks, for like when you're farming slimes and uh-huh. uh, things like that with the spear. Like, I don't think I really used her as a martial artist much at all. Like it was pretty much always some sort of spear. And did you use Jade in your party in your fighting party throughout the game? Or? Not much at all. Like oh, okay. just very rarely did I have Jade in my party. She was one where I liked her as a character, but she just didn't fit into my playstyle. The martial artist rarely does. Yeah, I gotcha. In all of my playthroughs of Eleven, Jade has always been a constant in my party. Mm. I think part of it is because I like her as a character. And then part of it was just, I don't know. I always thought she could deal some a lot of damage. She was faster. She's faster than Hendrick. Hendrick can deal a lot of damage too, but she's faster than Hendrick. She is faster than the Luminary, depending on, I guess it right. depends on your skill tree really. But typically she's faster than the Luminary. And... I just found her to be really powerful with the physical damage, so I usually kept her in my party as kind of that heavy, heavy hitter. Yeah. 
I use the martial artist more in nine than anything to build up the agility and uh, use use the different abilities that let them be fast. But I never really felt the need for that in nine going through because I used Hendrick a bunch. Like he was a mainstay as soon as I got him in my party. And I never thought that uh, Jade really compared. Jade is the only time I think I used a martial artist in any Dragon Quest game other than Elena in four. Mm. I think pretty much everybody uses Elena in four. I mean, she's like the MVP of that game. Like, right. <laughs> like she's just, she's so, she can become so powerful and she can cause so much damage and she's, and she's fast kind of like Jade is. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. And uh, even as far as I go, Elena really uh, top is top tier in uh, yeah. four from where I am too. Yeah. You, you just, you gotta get to chapter five, man. You've been <sighs> on chapter four too long. Oh, it hurts, man. I don't know. We'll you're, see. You're like, you're, I know where you are. You're like probably less than an hour away from chapter five. And then you, you're playing as the hero. You get your characters. And it's just like a regular Dragon Quest game. Yeah, I know. I just haven't been able to make myself go back to it. Just send, send your cart to me <laughs> and I'll, I'll play through the Mina Maya chapter and then mail it back to you so that you can. I really don't it. doubt that you would. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I like I like the Mina and Maya chapter fine. Yeah, that one doesn't seem as nearly as frustrating as some of the others. Yeah, so I didn't really use... I'm curious to see what you did here because she unlocks an ability after her Act 2 arc. She gets this ability, it's called Revamp, and it turns her into like a little like vampire zombie bunny type thing. Okay. And so... And it, it does raise her stats pretty well. I mean, it costs some MP, and then it raises her stats and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think I've used it a single time in any of my playthroughs. I never took the time to have her use revamp and then start attacking and stuff. I, I never felt the need to. I never had... Maybe it made the boss fights go longer than I was on, but it's not like I had trouble with the boss fights and stuff. Where, like, looking back, I'm like, man, I really should have used revamp so that I could have like defeated this boss easier. Yeah, I don't think I ever used it one time. Like I because she wasn't someone I focused on at all. Like I honestly don't know if I knew what the ability did once I unlocked it. It was just kind of there. I honestly don't know if I used it. I see so many uh I see so many like guides and just people online generally saying like, "Oh, you have to use revamp with Jade if you want to get through this boss." Or like Oh, be prepared if you, you know, to get through the end game bosses, you're, you make use of Jade's revamp ability. And I'm just like, I, I didn't even know that was a thing really till after the fact, because I just, I never felt the need to use it. Yeah. I, if, if it was necessary on something, then I 100% missed what that is. Like, like didn't do it like i may be better than those people no <laughs> um, it's like it's weird when i see stuff like that it's like you have to use this to beat the to beat this boss and i'm like what did i do better than you to figure out how not to use that it's like i don't i've not seen a single place in the game where that was necessary at yeah, least I mean, yet i mean i didn't do the super boss but i'm pretty sure you didn't use it on uh, the time worm no i didn't i actually uh, didn't use Jade a super ton in that fight. That was one of the few fights I didn't use Jade much in. Yeah, uh, so because, just because hmm. of the strategy I used, I didn't use Jade very much. But um, but yeah, I just I don't know because my first thought was okay, maybe I didn't have to use it because I wasn't playing with the like draconian settings or whatever. Yeah, maybe so that it, that it has. But 
like the guides that I've looked at seem to be guides for just the regular, you know, normal playthrough of the game. Right. I mean, I didn't, the thing is, is I didn't look at the guides any, at any point when I was playing like this game uh, in any version, but just doing research, like before today's episode and all, like whenever I was seeing about revamp and, and different of her abilities and stuff, like there's just so much online about using revamp. And I was just surprised by that. Yeah, that surprises me because I don't remember it at all. Like, that was one completely ignored. I mean, I didn't use Jade at all, much at all, but I completely ignored it. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things, you know, where it was like, this boss took me 10 minutes to beat, and if I'd used revamp, it would have taken me six minutes to beat. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, uh, who knows? But anyway, I didn't use that one, and I was surprised just by the number of people saying, you have to use it or you should definitely use it. And maybe it is good advice to use it. I don't know. Maybe you and I just played it wrong. <laughs> maybe maybe so. Maybe we made it harder on ourselves instead of being better at it. But it's like, I, I never noticed anything being extraordinarily hard without Jade in my party where I would have thought like, oh, let me buff her up and put her in. Yeah. So we also have to talk about Jade's all outfits. Jade's outfits... Uh, I mean, they're mostly just based around like sex appeal. It's like bikinis and bunny suits and yep. like th they play it up for laughs, you know, because she doesn't want to wear the bunny suit and things like that. But generally, I mean, honestly, for the most part, I kept her in like her standard green outfit because I really liked that outfit. Yeah, I the, like that the martial one. artist one. Yeah, I like that one. And then the, what is it, Warrior Princess or something along those lines that you get. Uh -huh. um, that one I really liked. The one that actually looks like armor uh, as opposed to uh, just being the uh, the skimpy outfit. I think Warrior Princess, there may have been one that was Switch exclusive that I used uh, for a little bit like that. The uh, the battle dress. Yeah, you buy it in Angrelaw's armor shop. I used that one a bunch too. The uh, Where she had the really super long... Uh, ponytail it was red with uh where again it looked like more armor than anything else uh that one in the warrior princess is or what i used yeah i pretty much kept her in the green outfit there was like a brief time when i ran around with all three of the female characters in their schoolgirl outfits and the luminary in his parade outfit <laughs> <laughs> in like the metal maniac the the academy outfit yeah yeah okay yeah i i would just walk around uh, with everybody in the, I just thought it was funny. I don't know. There was something about uh, about them in like the the those outfits and the luminary in his parade outfit and them just running around together. Uh, honestly, probably my favorite Jade outfit is the the Zenlon. Really? Uh, the I can't remember if it was called like the Zenlon outfit or what it was called. A Zenlon armor, maybe. The Zenlon hair ring and Zenlon gown. Yeah, the Zenlon is what the overall set was called. Yeah, I really liked that one. Uh, it's a recipe that you get from one of the later stages in the Wheel of Harma. Right. And it and it's blue. It's pretty. I thought it was cool, but honestly, I mean, I always found myself just going back to her standard outfit. Um, I was the same way a lot of times with the Luminary. For some reason, uh, Jade and the Luminary uh, I and Sylvando, for the most part, I kept in their standard outfits and then... Silvando, once I, I unlocked the Dawn, I put the Dawn on him. Mm, but that was really that was really late in the game. Silvando was in his standard outfit too. So I don't know. I think I just really I think they did a really good job with kind of the default outfits for a lot of these characters. And so I never like felt the need to change their style up too much. Right. A good like fifty percent of the characters in Dragon Quest Eleven 
uh, for the most part, I just kept in their like standard default outfits, and Jade was one of those. The blue bunny suits you can unlock. You wear the blue bunny suit, you know, in Act Two with all the stuff going on with Booga and right. Octagonia, and but you don't get it after that. The blue bunny, I can't remember if I've said it on here or not, uh, but it is the hardest one to get, and it's like a hundred percent not worth it. It's a thousand percent not worth it. Like if you're if you're just trying to get the suit, if that's like the sole purpose for you trying to like get the blue bunny suit it's just not worth it the way you get it is so you have to beat the whole game you have to beat like the final true boss Colasmos, right right you have to do all that stuff you have to play through all the altar of ages stuff because you have to beat Colasmos before you can finish up altar of ages you have to do all of those bonus fights at the end of the altar of ages you have to unlock the time worm and you have to take down the time worm to oh, get wow. the blue bunny suit and it's like, at that point, you've done everything in the game. So I'm just like, what, do you really need the blue bunny suit this bad? <laughs> Apparently, it says on this uh, this website that I'm looking at, uh, it says the benefit of wearing this costume is that you'll also be resurrected upon death. So it's got a thing to it, at least. Oh, okay, cool. So I did not know that at all. That's it, just Jade or your whole party? It, that's all it says. That was okay. the sentence that it said. So I didn't know that. I've never seen anything like that. But uh, it's what this particular one with all the screenshots and descriptions and uh, locations says. But I'm just like, what's the point of that? Like, you beat everything. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't have the uh, the time worm to go through anymore. So it's like, okay. It's like, yeah. Cool. I don't know. By the time I... I mean, honestly, by the time I got it, I was pretty much... I was done with the game. I mean, you know, I'd done, like pretty much everything imaginable you could do in the game without it just getting ridiculously grindy and time consuming. Right. So I was just, I mean, I think I played the game a little bit longer after that, trying to like hundred percent, the bestiary, like finding the, like uh, the, the rare spawns in certain yeah. zones and stuff. But I mean, I, and that was the last thing I did. I finished up after that. So it's just like, I don't know. To me, it was just like, I don't know why that's worth it. Even with the, I mean, that's a cool like ability, but at that point in the game, it's like, why why <laughs> yeah i mean like if you can beat the time worm then you probably don't need to be rezzed that yeah. often i guess maybe if you want to like wear it and go through play through some of the older content like you know how you can go back right. in time yeah. and stuff and play through stuff you have the bunny suit with you i guess maybe so at that point i don't know who knows who knows reasons for doing anything <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> So as usual, we also uh, went on Twitter, asked people, what do they love about Jade? So, you know, we asked the internet what they liked about a person with boobs. So obviously we got lots of booby responses. It's true. We did. That was to be expected. <laughs> that was to be expected. We knew what we were walking into. We did. We prepared ourselves <laughs> for this one. So, yeah, I'm not going to take the time to read all of those, <laughs> but, but we did get quite a lot of them uh and then but we also got got lots of other things uh that i wanted to bring up that i thought were kind of important to just her as a character solo the first hero and quite a few others said they liked her personality like specifically like just how strong of a personality she has she's mm -hmm. caring but she's strong uh jennifer wood says i love her attacks my favorite one is i think it's called party pooper where she flips and kicks the monsters right she is a strong and beautiful woman I liked Party Pooper as well. I forgot to mention that one earlier when I was talking about abilities, but that that's a good one where she does the little like backflip yep. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Platy M3, 
He said she's been loyal to the hero literally his entire life, uh, devoted the greatest portion of her life to ensuring the safety of his, um, which I know we're getting into in the second half of the show when we're talking about the story more. But um, I mean, that's honestly, that's one of the reasons why she became one of my favorite characters is just like this, this the way her story links and kind of parallels the luminaries Yeah, uh, makes her, I think, a very... I think that makes her a very interesting character, the way her story kind of parallels the Luminary and interacts with that. Yeah. Um, and, and But a lot of people echoed Platy's sentiment there and just in terms of the way she, the way she takes care of the Luminary, takes care of him and, and all of that kind of stuff. Then Dr. Mysterio said uh, that he appreciates a sisterly bond between her and the Luminary, which is another thing we're getting into in just a few minutes. But yeah, right. I, I, I thought that was interesting too because so so many times in jrpgs especially like japanese media there's always that cliche of like the little sister yeah right where there's like this romance and they always generally it's not really your little sister it's like a girl in your village who's younger than you Mm -hmm. right (laughs) or or like your adoptive sister her parents are dead already so your parents adopted her like you got adopted by her parents or whatever (laughs) yes exactly and so I thought this was an interesting difference because she's older. Yep. She's not the younger sister. She's the older sister. And which honestly, I don't know if I've seen that in a JRPG before. Like I can't think of that dynamic existing in a JRPG before. Not saying it's completely new to this one. I just can't think of, of a game that has that. That has an older sister role model to a male protagonist. Yeah. It's always a younger sister, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. But that's one of the things I liked about it is because she was protective of him. That she actually, like, I don't have a sibling, so I have no idea what it's actually like to be a protective over older sibling. But I like that it felt like she really cared about him the entire time. Yeah, I think that's true. Just, this is a little off subject, but you don't have a sibling. I do. This is this is the story I always tell to illustrate the point of, this is what it's like to have a sibling. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a true story. And it's a perfect illustration of what having a sibling is like. So one day, my brother and I were in we're in our room. We shared a room together growing up for at least the first like few years, you know, till about I was in like first or second grade. Okay. So we shared a room. We're arguing. We're fighting. We're fighting each other. I had a distant cousin. He's like my second cousin, I guess. He was there and he was bigger than us. And he started like picking on us. Right. So my brother and I stopped fighting each other and beat him up instead. <laughs> That's what that's what having a sibling is. <laughs> that's that's fair. You, you beat each other up until somebody tries to beat one of you up, and then you bond together and beat the other person up. All right. That's like the that's the best description of what it's like to have a sibling that I can think of. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and, and it's kind of like Jade and the Luminary. I mean, they don't beat each other up all the time. Well, they do it first. That's true. They do it first in Octagonia. Yep. And then Hendrick comes along who I guess is like the cousin. <laughs> he's, the, he's the big second cousin. And then they're like, we must join forces and beat him up. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how that goes. So what you're telling me is that uh, Micah is the luminary. Oh, wait, I'm at Jade in this? I think you have to be. You're the older sibling. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I need to grow a ponytail now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> My, my hair is really short right now, actually. 
Um, then uh, <laughs> Leandro Joel Perez said, I love Jade so much since she saved the hero twice, accidentally the first time, but she did it. Uh, and she shows her feelings and how she takes care of the luminary as, fo- as uh, following her promise to the Queen Eleanor. Uh, and he said that he chose Jade as his wife. A lot of people uh, mentioned that too, about how she you know, saves the luminary, takes care of him. And quite a few people chose Jade as their marriage op- option. Right. Um, myself included. That's who I ended up. I think that's who I finally, like once I, I quit, like resetting the game and choosing people and kept going. I think yeah. Jade is who I ended the game with. I can't remember for sure. I think I got to Jade before I got tired of resetting my game. And so it just stayed Jade by the end of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I married, I married like three people. Uh, but I thought it was interesting uh, that Jade... Uh, like probably out of anyone, she does not want to marry you like at all. Really? I didn't, I never went to her. Like that was one that uh, I never went back and uh, and did any of that. I mean, obviously, you know, Rab is a little hesitant because he's your grandpa. Um, Hendrick is kind of like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hendrick, Hendrick is more like aghast at it right. than anything. Uh, but Jade, yeah, if you talk to her in the altars of altar of ages, there's even a where you can like mock do a mock wedding oh, uh, okay. when you go to the world of Dragon Quest V and stuff. And and there she's the same way, but she's just she's like, Are you sure? I'm like your older sister. This is gonna be weird. Like, are you sure about this? Like she's very much like like honestly, I felt kind of guilty marrying Jade because <laughs> she's so just like, Really? I'm your sister. <laughs> And then you were the creepy guy from Tennessee who was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) But um, anyway, I just thought that was, I thought that was interesting because to me, uh, especially my first playthrough of the game, I felt like she was such the obvious choice for the like romance existing there between the Luminary. Because it's like out out of all the party members, you know, it seemed like the Luminary and Jade, you know, she's the princess of one kingdom. Uh He's the prince of another they obviously really care about each other. So especially one of those early moments where like, you know, she saves them, they fall off into the, they fall off the cliff and they're like together alone in the cabin and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Oh yeah, they're definitely going to fall in love. And then they don't. And it was very surprising for me on my first playthrough of the game. I'm really glad that they did that, that they kind of subverted that trope where I'm getting really tired of them, of things always having to have a romance that there's nothing wrong with having a romance, but not being able to tie these characters relationship together only through romance like letting them have a different kind of relationship and letting her exist as a character in her own right as opposed to just being a love interest of him because she's the princess of another kingdom it's really uh refreshing to be able to see that and so i'm like i was really hoping they wouldn't do that and i'm glad they didn't because she always like i said felt like a sister to him because she was basically a sister i had kind of planned because i thought the only marriage option you get in the older versions of the game is Gemma. Right. Who Who's a real snooze fest. <laughs> I, don't know, I like Gemma. She's sweet. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. She's, she's like a beige wall and like the waiting room of a doctor's office. <laughs> wow. Why don't you tell me how you really feel? <laughs> like she's just, she's so uninteresting to me. I'm just like, whatever. So when you marry her in the other, in the older versions of the game, I was just like, man, like really? And then, 
and they don't really do much with the marriage option. Right. So it's really arbitrary. But then whenever they said you could marry other people, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to marry Jade because I always kind of felt like they should, the luminary and Jade should have gotten together. Right. And I guess that's kind of how the people who play dragon quest eight felt about, you know, about eight and, and Jessica getting together. True. Like they didn't like the whole Medea thing. Although I'm, I'm all for Medea and eight. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not shipping the whole eight Jessica thing. Anyway, that's kind of how I felt. And then after playing the game on the switch and especially with Jade, you know, being so against it, I was like, wow, you know, this is, and yeah, it was kind of cool. You know, they have this, they did kind of subvert it that way. And also, you know, with the whole, having her be the older sibling. So all of that, I thought kind of, made it interesting um even though you know starting out the game first i was like i'm gonna marry jade because that's how it should have been oh that's true like uh i mean i mean i didn't have all that i they didn't have all that dialogue you know where she's like really this is kind of gross i'm your sister they didn't have all that dialogue in there on the ps4 so i was just like yeah they're gonna be in love like they were at the cabin (laughs) she saved him (laughs) and then she's like ew yeah and i mean i mean you know, once once you're actually married and you go watch your little marriage scene on the right. cliff where you're watching each other, like it's sweet and everything. Of course. But like wh- whenever she's like, whenever you first have to make your final decision and she's like, are you sure about this? I'm your sister. And then you have to say like, yes, I'm sure. Then she goes along with it. But <laughs> as opposed to other characters who are like, heck yeah. <laughs> um, as opposed to those characters. Um, Silvando. Silvando. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Eric. Eric seems pretty on board with marrying the luminary too. Like I, I Eric was going to be my number two. Like whenever I went back, because it's like, yeah, there's a bromance there for sure. Who? Who? You were you went with Sylvando? I only did Sylvando. Like I never went back through the the trials to go back and uh, and do any other options. Yeah, and Sylvando. Sylvando's whole thing is. I don't know that he necessarily wants to marry you. He just wants to get married for the festivities. Right. He wants the party. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he wants the, he wants the flowers and the glamour and the crowd and the audience and all yep. that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's why he's marrying you. <laughs> uh-huh, it is. And then the, the realist in me looks back at my wedding and being like, that was a lot of money we could have spent on something else. <laughs> and it's like, I don't remember that day very much. Jennifer's the same way. Don't get me wrong. She, she said this too. It's like, we could have spent less money on things and done better things uh and had a better day and so i'm like Silvando, no that's that's no you'll have better better days <laughs> all right so uh we have more to talk about with jade in her in the confines of the story and all of this kind of stuff too uh, right now it's the part of the show we like to call shameless self-promotion shameless self-promotion and I'm going to let BJ tell you guys about our uh, Patreon page. Our Patreon page is awesome. You can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and you can become a member of our community where Austin is doing daily quarantine casts that are uh, exclusive to the uh, members of the Patreon about uh, half to two thirds of the time. Uh, so you can listen to that. He is on day 
50 ish of it at this point uh, because we have been trapped for a very long time and he is uh, still talking at you. Uh, you can do that. You can get a special discord role on our geek to geek media server. And if you uh, pledge every single member of our Patreon gets entered into a monthly uh, drawing for a $10 gift card from the eShop of their choice, the PlayStation, Microsoft or switch shop. Uh, and if you pledge, at $10 or higher, you get two entries. So you can go to patreon.com slash FM and check that out. Yeah, and while you were doing that, I was getting the RNG wheel ready because it's a new month, so we gotta pick a winner for the $10 gift card. Woo! Yeah, Yeah. and and as of today, the day we're recording this, I am on day 50. It may be the last day because a lot of people are headed back to work and 50 just seemed like a nice number to end on, you know, 50 days in a row. Mm, um, so I didn't flat out just say it was the last one in the episode I recorded earlier today. But but yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see what tomorrow brings. It just, you know, it feels weird doing it and then ending on like a random day, like 51 or like 73. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's whenever uh, your county unlocks. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, and for all the people that have been listening, thank you. All the people who are sick of hearing me talk, I'm sorry if I keep going past 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right, RNG wheel, here we go. Drum roll, please. And our $10 gift card winner is your drum roll didn't last long enough. <laughs> is. Wesley Ray. Woo! Wesley Ray! Wesley Ray is our winner for the month of May. That rhymes. That rhymed. It did. Uh, So, Wes, just let us know uh, what kind of gift card you want. Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and uh, we'll send that over your way. Uh, After we record the episode today, I'll announce it on Twitter, too. Give him a heads up. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wesley Way wanna bay, Wesley Ray wanna bay, Wesley Ray wanna bay, sing that song, BJ. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right, without further ado, let's get back to the Jade episode. Uh, special thanks to all of our patrons, though, and congratulations, Wesley. And remember, if you want to be entered to win every month, uh, you can join us over on Patreon as well. So, Jade, Jade within the story, she is Princess of Heliodor, and she's suspected dead or at least missing i don't think they ever come right out and say like hey we thought you were dead do they i don't think they do but they imply it a bunch where it's just like she was like where did you come from yeah and it's almost like early on in the story it's like you don't even know that heliodor is like missing a princess or anything for a while yep and then it's like oh yeah that that makes sense like they mention it in the very beginning like you see her don't you in the opening movie you do, yeah, but you don't. You don't know it's her. You don't know it's her, like yeah. yeah. You you don't know it's her, and you don't know that it's like a princess from another kingdom. Like when yeah. I watched that my first time, I thought that was like your big sister or something. Right, of course. And it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, she is. And so, I do think that's interesting. How much her story really parallels the Luminary? She's she goes missing the same time he does. Um, you know, she, he, he goes off floating down the river in a basket like Moses yep, like baby <laughs> and, and she kind of fends for herself, at least 
initially and then rab finds her along the way that's what i was gonna ask like i don't remember at this point how rab found her like and they came together like he didn't escape with her did he like he he ended up coming across her later yeah i mean that was that was my understanding of okay. it. i don't know that they ever actually like explicitly say how jade found her like i can't like i said i can't remember and that was just one of those things it was like i kind of just took it for granted that like even during his side story i can't remember if he's like oh get through this tunnel lass i can't like i don't remember no because she she runs off with eleanor and the luminary through the woods and stuff and they're being like hunted down by monsters and all that kind of stuff okay so i'm not sure yeah, maybe it could be one of those things, too, that we just missed that maybe you have to hit like the party chat option at the right uh, moment to that's get true. some backstory. And I don't use party chat almost at all. Like I'm one of the few people who I forget it's there. And so I don't like use it nearly often enough. I think I used it in eight more than anything else because it was uh, such a new series to me at that point. You can't see my face right now, but I look like I'm having appendicitis. <laughs> oh, like that I don't use it? <laughs> yeah, you're missing out on some really great dialogue. I know, and I for- but it's because I forget about it. It's not because I dislike it. It's because I, like, legit forget that it's there. It's harder for me to, uh, like, go into Party Chat because it's through the menus, and it's not something, like, usually I can just, like, do. So if anybody listening knows how Rab found Jade and they started their journey together, let us know. Because BJ and I don't know or don't remember it. At least. And <laughs> I have no memory of anything ever, so that's pretty normal. I also, I, as I was doing notes for today, I got to thinking about it because in my mind, Jade is like this kind of like ultimate like butt kicker in your party. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's very, she's very tough. But then I got to thinking about it and I'm like, man, for someone who's established as such a tough character... You really have to rescue her a lot. Yeah, that I don't like. Like, uh, her, I did not like the stuff with uh, Ooga Booga or Booga. Uh, Booga, yeah. It's just Booga. Yeah, Ooga Booga is Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Oogie Boogie is Nightmare Oogie Before Boogie. Christmas. Well, I'm just like that guy, the fat guy. Yeah. The fat thing Booga. is like Jabba the Hutt. Um, yeah. The, uh, like, rescuing her really bugged me. Like, I didn't like that uh, they kind of took that agency from her. That uh, I'm I'm all about like making sure that they don't fall into these really like tired tropes, and that really is one of having to rescue the princess. Yeah, Act One didn't bother me too much because it's like Vince is is kidnapping all these like powerful people that he sees as a threat and taking them back to the spider. Yeah, because that's that's really the first time you have to rescue her. But then once she actually joins your party and she's established as like such a tough character, her act two arc really bugged me as well. It's probably my least favorite of them. I know I said last week that, that rap Rabs is my least favorite to play through because I, I just, it's just a lot of talking, but Jade's just in terms of the story, Jade's is probably my least favorite for, for the, for the reasons like you mentioned. And they did make it a little bit better in the switch, but still, even when, when I got there originally on the PS4, I was like, Oh man, really? Like, this is what they're doing with Jade right now. Yeah. It was just like, you know, she, she falls into like Booga's trap. She gets all like possessed or whatever. And it was just kind of like, I don't, it's like they couldn't think of anything better to do with her character. And there, I feel like there were so many things they could have done with her character. Yeah. For real. Like that's really what, what it comes down to to me too like there are better stories to be told than falling back on that one and at least they did make it better in the switch version they make it better in the switch one because you see that she is 
at least she falls under Booga's spell because she's rescuing other people. Right. In the PS4 version, you don't have that. You just show up and all of a sudden she's like this like possessed bunny girl at the casino. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what? And so at least in the Switch version, they kind of make it better because it's it's kind of like she... I guess sacrifices herself to save other people kind of thing. Yeah. Which does fall into line more with who she is. Yeah. So, so I think they did improve it a little bit on the switch, but it was just kind of like, yeah, I was kind of the same way with act two with the whole stuff with Booga. I'm just kind of like, eh. as much as I love the casino, I love Booga's casino. The casino that shows up in Octagonia is one of my favorite like side things in the whole game. Like I love that casino. I love just the the story there with Jade and Booga. It's just kind of like, yeah, really? Is this what they're doing? They 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 definitely did the Princess Leia gold bikini Jabba the Hutt story. They did. They absolutely did. But I'm with you on playing the casino there. I really really like it and like the uh, roulette a lot. Like I was, I made sure that as soon as I opened it up, that I had enough to be able to get my saber cat mount. I love it. You know me and saber cats. You did get your saber cat cat mount like super fast. Yeah. Like I knew from playing the PS4, I knew that there was going to be a quest that needs you to hit the jackpot. Yeah. To advance to the quest. And I was making sure I 100% of the quest and all that again. So I didn't really spend much time in the casino till much later in the game. Right. So I didn't get the saber cat. And I remember basically as soon as you unlocked the casino, you just sat there and played until you could get a saber cat. I got really lucky. What I did was I got lucky on the slots where I made, I think, about 60,000 tokens or whatever and then i took those and went up to the roulette wheel played lots and lots of tokens on lots of different things where i always had the chance of hitting a very high amount where they all play together like you got more uh winnings if you hit things that were adjacent to each other and so i would win a lot and if i didn't win enough off of it and i ran myself out of money i would turn the game off and turn it back on from where it saved as i walked into the room and just do it over and over again until i had enough money and made enough money to save it again and then uh-huh. i would do the same thing over and over again until i had enough for my uh my saber cat which honestly took maybe an hour and a half of doing it and it was honestly kind of fun to do but you know yeah. me in grinding stuff. It's like sometimes if I find a grind that I like where I feel like I'm getting something out of it, like experience on Metal Slimes or this roulette where I'm taking advantage of the saves, it's like, yeah, let me do this and I will absolutely get my Saber Cat that I want. After that, I didn't really do it anymore. I was like, I don't care about any of these other rewards. But yeah, if y'all want to take advantage of the uh, the casino in there, it saves when you go into the room and you can just turn the game off from the home menu and uh, start over again from when you walk into the casino. From the so, auto save. Yeah. From the auto I save, it. yep. I, I took advantage of that at doing the roulette thing too because you go the roulette is in a different area. Mm-hmm. So auto saves going up to the roulette uh, stuff too. Yep, I made sure, made sure to do that and uh, I only messed it up one time where I ran myself out of money and was like, oh man, and had to basically incrementally get myself up more. Uh, but And then once I hit like 40,000 again or something like that, I ended up saving it again and just kind of took off from doing my, my giant bets again. So before we end today's episode, I wanted to mention the Famitsu character popularity survey thing, right? Because right? we always mention that. Jade, probably not very surprising here. She was voted the most popular female character. Right. Uh, so, which was 
pretty obvious if you've listened to these other episodes because Veronica was the second most popular and Serena was the third most popular female character. Yeah. But Jade was the most popular female character and she was number three overall okay. in popularity. She was after Silvando and Eric. So that that does not surprise me at all. It actually surprises me she's not number two, really. Like I figured uh, that the, uh, the the thirsty fanboys would uh, really like her and uh, push her up, but uh, that did not happen. Yeah, I think people, you know, we kind of talked about this in a previous episode. I think part of it is like cultural impact. You know, people responded really well to Silvando. Right. And Eric kind of became a sex symbol. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is weird that he did over over Jade. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's kind of more of a, more of like cultural impacts, right? Kind I get of things, that, you know. But but yeah, I I wasn't too surprised that she was number three. I think she would probably be number three on my list too. And in terms of characters, I would have her uh, higher up. Like in terms of characterization and personality, but in terms of gameplay, she's near the bottom because I just didn't use her. Oh, I got you. So next week, we will be moving on to Hendrick, uh, which is a huge spoiler. So we'll, I don't know how we're going to rename that episode for the public. We but. will. What, what do they call? Like a lot of people call him. Is he seven? Like all, ab- all about eight. That's kind of the default to name for the hero in Dragon Quest eight, though. So Yeah, I know. All I about know. mystery. We'll figure this out. All about spoiler. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. But anyway, next week. Uh, we'll be talking all about Hendrick. Just fun fact here: if we're talking about favorites, Silvando's number one. I said Jade was three. Hendrick is number two for me. Hendrick is Hendrick. great. Yeah, I love Hendrick. Like Hendrick was uh, probably, yeah, he's probably right up there. He is both awesome as a character, as a character model, and as a party member. Yeah. So next week we'll be talking all about Hendrick. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Dragon Quest FM. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dragon Quest FM. You can talk to me personally on Twitter at Dragon Quaston. You can also read my Dragon Quest blog. That's at dragonquestaustin.com. There's a new post up there this week, continuing my adventures with Dragon Quest X. And then I've been working on a little something something about Dragon Quest Seven as well that should be good to go this weekend after the weekend so keep an eye out for that too and you can find me on twitter at at professor beige you can listen to my other podcast the geek to geek podcast every wednesday at 7 p.m is when new episodes are released and you can check out all of the other content on our media network at geek to geek where you can also find invites to our slack and discord servers at slack.geek2geekmedia.com and discord.geek2geekmedia.com and we can talk about Dragon Quest and all sorts of other cool stuff. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.